Faith is the lifestyle and how we survive. We must have daily faith, which is produced and grows on an everyday basis. We know God, we hear God, and we believe God. So like Maya Angelou said, when you learn, teach, when you get, give. What's up, beautiful people? You already know what time it is. We are back here on the Faith Podcast, and I'm so happy to be back with you all. It's been a refreshing break and we are back and today I have a little special treat for you all. I have a special guest, a very, very special guest who is near and dear to my heart. She is Beverly Baldwin, the author of Memories of a Daughter's Last Cry, a book that pays homage to her father who lost his battle to prostate cancer. She is an advocate on behalf of all men and their families about symptoms, diagnosis, and support. So today you're going to get to learn a little bit more about her and hopefully after you hear from her, you too will support her. So let's get right on into today's show. Hey, baby. Hola. <laughs> How hey, are baby. you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for joining us, the Faith Slayers. You know how we do over here. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited. I'm just cheesing from ear to ear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes two of us. (laughs) So, BB. Well, let me let my people know, because I'm going to be calling you BB. They're going to be like, wait, who is that? So, like I told y'all, this is Beverly Baldwin, but I call her (laughs) BB. So, y'all fam, too, y'all could call her BB. (laughs) Right, 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 right. I think it's a hatch name. Everybody's been calling me that lately. Uh Uh-uh. That's my Uh name. (laughs) We're not going to do that. (laughs) Only my squad can call you that. BB. Yes, so baby, tell us. We are so excited to hear more about your journey today. Could you first start off by telling us what inspired you to embark on this journey? Ooh, so much. Um, I can say honestly, I've never even thought about writing a book before Moo. And you know, we had discussions like this before. Um, but I think that when my dad first got sick with prostate cancer, I really never knew what prostate cancer was, never heard of it, didn't know anybody who um, survived it or succumbed to it at, at all. So I would go to doctor's appointments with him and I find myself not really understanding the literature that they did have available. It was a lot of doctoral terms um, and it it wasn't a pleasant experience for me. So kind of wanted to bring a relatable story that people can relate from relate to especially Mm -hmm. prostate cancer as it um as African Americans um one in every four men will get it so I felt like I needed to do something for the community that could be relatable um because those doctors terms it just it was all over my head I didn't really understand it So, so I wanted to bring some a relatable source for others too I love that. I love that. So tell us, because of course I've read the book and it's a great read. I read it in two hours, literally on the plane (laughs) ride. So could you just tell everyone a little bit about your amazing father? I know you're going to be super long-winded because you're Um, a daddy's girl or whatever, but let's keep it nice and short so they can read the book and get to know him. (laughs) You know, that's my baby. That's my poop. 
definitely yeah. a daddy girl even after i still talk talk about my dad as though he's still here and he's been gone now for about eight years but i do want to show a copy of the cover um you can find it on amazon as well but my dad was a hard worker um out of all the sports that my sister and i have done he never missed a game he never missed a track meet he um, had the actual first video camera that I feel like ever came out, and he was right there videotaping everything. Yes, Daddy, yes. <laughs> everything. He had the YouTube channel before the YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> With the big VHS cassette player. Yes. I, it was It was all like, when I look back now, at first it was kind of like embarrassing, but now it's like, you know, who can say that they've kind of experienced that? Um, from their dad, you know, absolutely. My dad, he's, he's my superhero. Um, even now, you know, he's come back to me after he passed away. So the bond and connection and the connection is just, it's just there. I can't even really almost put into the words, the magnitude of influence that he's had in my 36 years of life. And that's not me being biased, but I really just feel like that. I can't, I can't even put into words. He's just, he was just great. I mean, Everybody loved him. Absolutely. Supported. I love him. And I never even got a chance to <laughs> just from reading the book. Like y'all definitely have to go and get the book. It's so amazing. You'll feel like you have a connection with Mr. Bawa himself. <laughs> It'll draw you in. It'll draw you in. It'll draw you in. And that's what I think people can relate to the most. Um, even if you didn't have the same type of childhood that I had, you can take away something from that, from the story. Um, absolutely even as an adult yes I definitely agree because as you know like you know I didn't have my father growing up I was raised in a single mother household so when I read your book I felt like I was his child like I was a part of the family mm -hmm. and you know I'm sure if I would have had a chance to meet him like he would have welcomed me as his own absolutely but just to be able to see that bond and even I love the fact that you were able to like put a couple of pictures in there like that was like super amazing you know not a lot of books let you have that image to go with the story right. so right that's, right. It was just really inspiring. And right. I thank you for just having the courage, you know, to even step out and do something like that, because, you know, everyone has different ways of coping with death. And Absolutely. I think it's so amazing that you decided to pay homage to him. So could you just tell us like a little bit of like, how do you stay motivated? Like when his death anniversary comes around or when his birthday comes around or like even Father's Day coming around, like how do you mm -hmm. stay motivated? You know what? It took, it really took a few years for me to really get like that. Um, behind every smile, there has been some type of hurt, disappointment, devastation, what have you. But I think the work that I'm doing throughout the community, um, letting my voice be heard and seeing the impact that it's making on others, I think that's what's the most gratifying. So every time I sell a book or I go to a radio interview, um, there's people who's like, I know your dad is smiling down on you. And I feel that. I feel that each and every day when I'm doing something for the cause of prostate cancer. So I think with that, that's kind of what helps keep me motivated. Yes. I find myself getting sad around Father's Day, and we know that's coming up this weekend. But knowing the type of dad that he was to me over the course of all these years, you know, I just thank God for the opportunity to even experience that. And I don't have any ill feelings towards um, his passing anymore. Um, 
at first it was kind of hard, devastating, but I think that's the main thing that keeps me motivated is just knowing that I know that he's proud of me and I know that I'm doing something that's going to impact not only my life, my family, friends, but people throughout the community. So I think that's the big thing that keeps me motivated. Absolutely. I love that so much. You said something so intricate that I touch on a lot on my podcast and that's having that lightning feeling, that great feeling, like every time you get to speak about it, because of course with the Faith Podcast, we walk by faith and slay plus pray. And a lot of women or even men who are wanting to step out on faith and like follow their dreams, like a lot of times people don't know what their passion is until a major event happens in life Mm -hmm. or what Mm -hmm. their God-given purpose is. So Um, could you tell us a little bit, uh, or do you have any advice for a woman or a man wanting to step out on faith and like utilize their God-given gift? I think that that's, that's, it's a hard question. Um, but in essence, I think that life throws us experiences. I think it throws us curveballs that, you know, are just really inevitable. And I think we have to take those experiences and turn them into something good um, because there is something good that can come out of everything. Um, Because sadly enough, unfortunately enough, um, my dad did pass away from prostate cancer, but I feel like there was a bigger lesson um, in this. You know, I find myself working out twice a day, making sure I'm, you know, staying in tune with what my body is telling me the right things to eat um, and just doing those right things because a lot of um, our health issues are from food. Mm-hmm. So in order to really get your story out there, I think that you just have to step out there. There's no, there's no way, even if the water is cold, it'll eventually warm up. You just have to kind of step. Like jumping there. in the pool. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is you have to know what you want, because if you don't, you can't expect anybody else to, you know, fulfill your passion because yes you so um i can't i can't expect for someone to grab a hold of the prostate cancer issues and i doubt myself yes that's key you have to really know what you want and it does take some time and i think the experiences that we have over life is what kind of makes that become more obvious because this wasn't this this was never a writing a book was never a dream of mine that was something that i just you know it, 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 my life experiences created opportunity for me to write a book and it just kept tugging and tugging and tugging on my heart. And I feel like when you pray about those things, they will, they will come to pass. Absolutely. And they have a way of, of doing that. You, you can go to sleep and you're dreaming about it. And my book just kept coming to me, coming to me, yes. coming, coming to me. And I was like, okay, I just had, I just, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. And Mumu, you've been an inspiration too, because you're the one still telling me, BB, go ahead and finish it. Go ahead and finish it. So that actually helps too. Also having a a support system, believing in yourself, but then having a support system that believes in what you're doing as well too. Yes. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Don't get out here making me emotional now. Time to get teary eyed, you know. (laughs) No, but that's really so true. Um, just tell us a little bit because I know like, you know, like you said, the thought of a book kept coming to you in different ways and like your story was just building throughout the years and maybe 
you weren't like afraid to do so or you didn't know that you were going to do so but i'm sure like there's always that little bit of fear when we're doing anything mm-hmm. like for me like yeah. this was my dream like i love talking yeah. to people i love uh, being on camera like this is my thing mm-hmm. but i still get a little bit of fear so could you tell us like how do you overcome the spirit of fear i think the fear or any fear to me comes with the the feeling of uncertainty mm-hmm. and i that is kind of what drives that fear. And sometimes I don't feel like mine is fear necessarily per se. I think more of nervousness because I don't know how pe- other others are going to take my story. That's I don't know. Oh, this is, good. you know, it's, so it's kind of a twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you have to, that goes back to you knowing what you want. And when you're fulfilling your purpose, the right people will you know, come along. And I do, I do believe in that. Um, and trying to keep praying and keep praying and keep praying so that that fear that we think is fear, it's just the matter of uncertainty, not knowing, okay, if I put this product out or this service out, you know, are people going to receive it or that fear of being rejected? Not so much as the doing it. It's more so like the fear of rejection. Absolutely. That is major right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think the uncertainty especially for me, I can say, because I'm just so used to like planning things out. And it's like, okay, I want this to go this way. And it's like, I don't want to fail at this. So it's like, I got to make all the proper precautions to make sure it gets done right. And like that perfectionist comes in mm-hmm. and it's like, we can't move that way. And that's why it's important mm-hmm. to walk by faith. It's literally believing and trusting that God is going to see it through for you. So that, that is really good. And with you being an educator, you know, um, tell us a little bit like about how your work transpires outside the classroom, because you're an advocate and that's basically just educating. Mm -hmm. I think the most gratifying experience that I saw um, of being an educator was coming um, into my classroom a couple years ago when I first released my book and seeing one of my first grade students reading my book. And they were like, Miss Baldwin, my my mom and dad brought your book off of Amazon. And I was like, oh my. Yes, I'm getting chills right now because I remember this. <laughs> yes, that gave me the clicker like, oh my goodness, even children can read my book. And I didn't really factor in children in the beginning. It was more so, let me just get my story out, get my story out, get my story out. So I think the advocacy comes with the passion that you have behind it. Yes you that seasoned people can read it men women and even as as a six-year-old first grader is reading my book and I was oh my goodness oh my goodness this is really happening this is really happening so I think the advocacy is is genuine because it comes even when I talk and sometimes I don't force um the talk of my book but it kind of comes out when somebody's telling me about health issues It has prostate cancer and it just kind of comes out. And I've literally been in places a store and have sold books right there in the middle of the store just because of the conversation that we've had. And I think that has been another driving force in being an advocate because people see Christ in you. So whatever it geared them to stop and talk to me, it worked. It has been doing it for two years now. (laughs) That's so true. That is so true. 
Um, you know, a lot of times, even in the Bible, it says like people may not know Christ or be as close to Christ. It may only be their interaction with you. So mm-hmm. the way that you carry yourself and the way that you advocate for Christ or for a calling that he has placed on your heart is so important so that other people can be informed and educated. And that's, that brings me to my next point because with June is actually men's um, health awareness month. And I think it's so important because a lot of men do not like to go to the doctor. It's the stigma on it. Like, Oh, I'm good. I'm strong. I'm healthy or they're scared or whatever the reason may be. So I know, you know, with the situation we're in currently with quarantine and everything, you probably haven't been able to do as many events as you have done in the past, but could you just tell us about an experience that you've had before where you actually got to interact and, you know, educate men on this topic? Sure. Okay. So, um, being an advocate, um, I've, I've had the opportunity to be a member of the Georgia Prostate Cancer Coalition. And in this organization, it's a nonprofit organization. And what we do, we spearhead um, health fairs all throughout Metro Atlanta. We even have a, um, a branch that is in Macon, Georgia. Um, we also have support groups. We have a lot of um, literature on the diagnosis, what to do before, what to do during, what to do after um, as a survivor as well. So I've had the opportunity to be um, at these events and I've actually been the one that has registered um, men to be screened for prostate cancer. And um, I think the biggest gratification I got with one of these events was Um, It was one at Beulah um, Baptist Church in Decatur. And I can remember registering almost 300 men in the span of three hours to be screened. But the kicker was that 95% of these men were African-American. So I was really about that. And you would be surprised uh, on the amount of men who come in and they have, they do, a lot of them do have their wife or a significant other with them that um, is with them. And I think that's important too, because the men that came and were alone, I think they were a little uneasy. So mm-hmm. after talking with them, of course, I had my books on the side as well. And they were inquiring, well, what is this? And after I told my story, a lot of them were, let me sign up, let me go, let me go, let me go. And I think that was one that I did that was the most gratifying because oh. you're right I don't go to the doctor men just don't go to the doctor wow 300 and only and 95 percent were african-american yes wow yes. that's huge yes. I'm so glad that you're a part of such a powerful organization that's reaching that community um, because it is important for us to continue to inform and advocate for these Mm -hmm. things because a lot of times people think like oh that can't happen to me or they don't really know about it until it comes and then it's like a surprise from the doctor and it's like if we're more proactive rather than reactive then we can avoid so many things and that's just like you touched on earlier a lot of issues come from the right that we eat so we have to be very mindful of the things that we're putting into our body. I always talk about consumption. We have to be careful of the things that we consume, even when it comes to mm-hmm. social media and food or whatever. Like, right. 
we really right. right. And speaking of right. social media and with African American men, you know, with everything that's going on right now, um, and being that your father is an African American man and you have African American nephews, like mm-hmm. I know it's really heavy right now. It's been heavy for me. I've actually been on a social media break, but tell me a little bit about, um, you know, cause I know your parents are older. How do you feel that your, your dad would have responded to like everything that's happening now? Oh, wow. Um, my dad was very much into the world and just knowing and learning. That's why I consider myself a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. I think, I really think that he would be saddened right now about everything that's going on health wise, as far as the pandemic and everything else, because it's kind of a domino effect. This pandemic has, you know, it has really just set on fire what has been going on for centuries and decades, you know, before I think it's just more sounding the alarm now, but I think, um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's just happening. This hasn't just been happening. This has been going on for quite some time. But I think um, the I think it has a domino effect on everything. It has an effect on how we socialize with people, our social media, um, how we push our businesses, how we work. Everything has been, even our money has been affected by it. So I think that he will really be in tune But I think my dad was, I'm not going to say he was a prophet, but he was definitely a man of God. And I think that a lot of the stuff, he kind of would have foreseen it coming. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just the type he was. He was very in tune with what was going on in the world. So I think he would have kind of seen it before it actually happened. And now we're here trying to pick up the pieces of, you know, what's going on now. And I'm scared that to get worse before it gets better so that's the unfortunate part definitely it's definitely really heavy and like i said a lot of things that we're consuming on an everyday basis so we'll go ahead and wrap it up with this like just let us know like how do you know whether to keep going or give up on some days like i know every day isn't like peaches and cream like let's go like so let us know like how do you know whether to keep keep going or give up you always have a, a stagnant phase i know i've gone through that um kind of i think being enclosed in the house for so many months i think i had a few depressing moments but i think when you get that um that notification that someone's purchased your book on amazon or you get um, an email that says, I just read your book, or you get a review on Amazon. I think those are those small moments that we need to magnify and make them be, because that's what keeps us going. I think when we harp on the stuff that's not, that's in a negative content, um, we harp on the small stuff. I think it can keep us there. But if you take that small little thing that was good and make it great, I think that's what will keep us going. That's what keeps us going. Yes, I love that. I love that so much um, because, as you know, I try to be the positive light 
um, on my platforms and in real life. Like, you know me in real life. You are. <laughs> and that's just what I try to do because it's so easy to let the positive things go under the wayside when there's so much negative. So I think we need more Black people, more African-Americans who are pushing the positivity. And if you are a creator, because we're all creators in some way or somehow, we may have not got there yet. But if you are a creator, I think it's important to keep going and, you know, that we support each other because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. We have to believe in ourselves, as we stated earlier, and we have to support each other because there's so much room for all of us. God uniquely created each of us and he wants us all to be successful. Like, Mm -hmm. So I just think that that's super important. And I want to thank you so much for being here today and just bringing positive light onto this platform. We greatly appreciate you. And I want all of my faith slayers out there. I want Sincere Squad. I want y'all to hop on Amazon when you get off of this podcast or this YouTube live, whatever. Go on Amazon and look up Memories of a Daughter's Last Cry by Beverly Baldwin and purchase you a copy of the book because during this time, that's something that could bring light into your life. And she has little um, word search, Bible verses in there. Like it's, it's a bunch of inspiration. And y'all know your girl is never going to tell you something that I don't truly use. I could show you my book and it's, it's lit. It's highlighted. It's lit. Okay. I love it. <laughs> And I'm just so thankful for you and y'all. I hope y'all have enjoyed Beverly today just as much as I have. Could you go ahead and let the people know how they can keep up with you? Yes, you can um, follow me on Facebook at Memories of a Daughter's Last Cry and also on Instagram at M-O-D-L-A-S-T-C-R-Y, Mod Last Cry. And I will follow you. Follow me. I will follow you back. I love it. I love it. And you already know on the Faith Podcast, we're never going to leave you out here dry. So before we go, I have your walk by faith and slate moment of the day. And it's very simple. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So even though it may get worse before it gets better, keep shining. Keep being that positive light. And y'all, God is going to make a way. Keep your heads up, and I love y'all so much. Be safe out here in these streets, whatever you decide to do. But we are still wearing our mask, okay? Make sure you are staying six feet apart, and we'll see y'all next time. As always, I really appreciate your thoughts and feedback about the show. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Life is So Sincere or shoot me an email. I read and respond to every single comment, DM, and email. And I may include yours in upcoming episodes. Until next time, always walk by faith and slave, plus pray. And if you're not a part of the faith community, join us at the faith community on Facebook. Love y'all. Peace.